With the inception and traction that blockchain and crypto has gathered, the world is possibly on the verge of the largest evolution since the mainstream of the internet. Given the fluidity and dynamic nature of this technology, business leaders, enthusiasts, and veterans all need to band together to navigate the current and upcoming storms. Participants in Web 3.0 want a trusted resource that gives them pertinent information about projects, tokens, technology, and businesses. We are business people talking the business of crypto. We are Y Whales. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Y Whales, wherever in the world you guys are today. Uh, so it is March 23rd, uh, 2023. I should start saying the year because some of these podcasts are going to be around for a while. Um, and I'm really excited to have uh, Antoine today from, from Meta Engine. But to give a little context of you know what we're seeing in the market today, uh, yesterday the SEC sent a Wells notice uh, to, to Coinbase. Um, and basically said, you know, hey, you're a publicly traded company. You're already under you know the SEC and, and a variety of other uh, administration's, um, you know, thumbs to, to make sure that, that you're compliant. Uh, but we think you're doing something wrong and we're going to go ahead and, and, and issue that notice. By the way, I have another co-host today, which is uh, Sky, my my parrot who decided to come in. Um, and so really with the the concepts of, you know, hitting that notice, we had Bitcoin that was trending up almost almost to 29,000, uh, is, is kind of taking a quick turn back down to about 27. Um, I'm okay with a, a lot of this. I think that, you know, again, it's not a it's not a fine. They, they did also go after Justin Tron, which I think is probably more uh, more apt to be a, a real issue um, than, than Coinbase's kind of marketing and what they do. But that being said, it's it's still kind of, again, we're clearly on a bear. Uh, we've got an administration, especially in the United States, that's unsure how to manage crypto or how to deal with crypto. Um, but, but we're going to shift our conversation a little bit to uh, regulation, uh, kind of where we see things going in the industry today, but then really diving deep into kind of this whole immersive technology technologies that we're dealing with. And and Sky really is excited about that as well. So Antoine, I, I thank you for putting up with me in the parrot today. And and uh you're I know you're out in Paris uh right now for for one of the uh the big conventions at Blockchain Paris, correct? Yeah um, thank you G for having me. I'm in Paris for the Price Blockchain Week today. Fabulous. Yes. So if you wouldn't mind, let's start with a little bit of, you know, your background, because it's very storied and we're really excited about um, kind of the, everything that you've worked on prior to Meta Engine. So if you don't mind, you know, kind of give us a little history of how you got here today. That'd be great. All right, cool. Uh, so thank you very much again for the opportunity. So um, I'm Antoine. I'm the co-founder, co-CEO of uh, Meta Engine. So uh, my background, I have a, a business degree uh, and a math degree. I worked in uh, a banking industry. I was an investment banker. I was actually a trader of exotic derivatives uh, in Asia, then in Europe, then from trader became broker, and then from broker became a private banker, working for the top 0.1% uh, people that have <laughs> money. Um, I have, um, so you're talking about regulation. I, I, I used to have a, 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 a lot of, a lot of, um, uh, a lot of clearing from, from different financial institutions in different countries. So I know a little bit about regulation on financial markets, uh, in Asia and in Europe and in the US as well. Uh, some certifications that I, that I passed when I was, uh, actually a trader. So from trading, then banking, I went, I'm, I retired from that industry and got into gaming with my co-founder Alex Shalash, who, uh, who had acquired a, um, a game engine. That is currently used by uh, AAA games like Elder Scrolls Online, Star Wars: The Old Republic. So it's an MMORPG uh, uh, game engine. Uh, for the past 10, 10 plus years, we've been working together and expanding the in expanding the reach of that of that engine. Uh, personally, I got into crypto uh, along the way, uh, being being a, a financial securities geek. 
and financial product geek, I looked into, uh, I was really interested into the, the math and the financials behind, behind Bitcoin, behind other tokens at the time. So I worked on a, a ton of projects as a, a um, financial engineer doing tokenomics, doing financial models, etc. just as a, you know, a, a, because because I liked it, and I, I was I was uh, I was enthusiastic about the yeah. possibility of having that kind of market open, um, and uh, and uh, at the time not really not that much regulated, and kind of the far west of, uh, of finance and and uh, fundraising, uh, that was pretty cool. And uh, uh, about a year and a half ago, we decided to move our uh, proprietary te- technology called Hero Engine into uh, into uh, Web three, adding some, adding some features and working on on. Um, working with other game engines and other other uh, uh, other projects, so we could bring our technology to the world. And in the in the meantime, metaverses exploded, and and, and our technology is super relevant to metaverses and and op- the open metaverse and uh, and all those immersive experiences. Yeah, I, I love that. And so you know that that combination of of tradfi into this new Web three, and and while. In, in you know web one and web two right now gaming is gaming it's a game there's there's no reality to it it's there's no ownership to it it's play game turn it off and, and there's no real you know white real world consequences that you have to deal with however in in this new web three where we have this concept of, of digital ownership true ownership and, and identity and and you know anything can have value in a certain sense you know the, these economies that will kind of you know fall into gaming which by the way is is still set to eclipse you know hollywood and a variety of others um, you know, major industries with gaming, and that's where the, this next generation is focused. Um, you know, I played uh, Eve Online was was the one I talked about. It was really big, and and Eve Online had a massive economy uh, engine to it, where you know, again, you're, you're you're trading, you're building, you're buying. Like you can never leave one of the stations and be one of the top players in the game just by trading all day long, just by buying, selling, moving, and doing logistics. And so when we start talking about taking that from, it was, you know, clearly that was a game, there's everything else, but you could recreate that now that has, you know, real world, um, you know, benefits and value uh, to to somebody's actual real life because they can turn that into a currency. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's uh, absolutely true. Uh, But let's, let's uh, remember that Eve, for example, that game that I love um, was, uh, uh, and is still a, incredible experiment uh with uh incredible economy also incredible scams that occurred within the game which was super cool to to also witness uh immense wars that were supposed to uh uh, destroy the economy that did not um one of the key elements of, of eve and its success is that you cannot buy the currency from outside you cannot pay to win you cannot do that if you do that if you sell Mm -hmm. one sk you're you're banned uh, uh, if you sell your account, you're banned. If you sell money, you're banned. So it is been, it's been, been kept captive, and that's why it's so great. So um, is this easy enough? Is it easy to to move it to uh, to uh, Web three with digital ownership? I'm not so sure about that because it was captive. And as soon as you offer a uh, a match to, let's say, uh, you have one credit in one game and it's equivalent to one dollar, well, what would you do? You will sell. You will sell. You will sell. You will sell. Yeah. So if, if that if that credit you can win in the game, then you have to find somebody who is who is willing to pay for it. So that balance in the economy can be wrecked by the possibility of cashing out. So that's that's where the trick yeah. is. Do you allow that? How do you allow that? Through what? Through 
digital ownership of the assets or digital ownership of a digital currency that is within the game, can I cash out? That's where you can you can you can break the the economy. Uh, but these are incredible concepts that I would love to talk about. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. Let's real quick before we dive into kind of the immersive worlds that, that you and I love yeah. to, to explore and play with. Um, I, you have this amazing background in, in in finance, traditional finance, and I think that that's really amazing to bring. And that's why I'm so excited to talk to you about. You know, how does that start applying to these these virtual worlds or these virtual environments? Um, that in and you know, kind of being able to go past it's a game. Like they, they Axie Infinity, you know, changed a lot of people's lives for the better up until the Ronin hack. Um, yeah. But, you know, while it was a stupid game, it took people that were in rice paddies or in sweatshops in third world countries. And so we may in, in you know, in, in first world countries not really understand this. But if someone can sit, you know, outside of that factory and play on a, a $20 Android device and make enough money that they can feed their family or that they can feed themselves and enrich themselves, I'm all for it. Um, and there was somebody else that was saying, I'm willing to pay for these credits because I don't have the time. And so I love the idea of these economies. However, <laughs> that regulation starts coming in. So you, you can't you quite simply say that, you know, hey, it suddenly goes from a video game to a real world currency without having some consequences. And we're seeing that, you know, really play out right now, um, you know, on the larger field. Uh, I completely agree. So I'm also all for it. If this is a possibility for, uh, third world countries, population, people working in sweatshops. That's a, that's an opportunity. That's a life changing opportunity. All for it. Absolutely. But is, was this sustainable? No, we, we see the outcome today. It's not sustainable. Why is it not sustainable? Because it's a pyramid scheme. I don't want, I, as much as I like what they, what they were doing, it's a pyramid scheme. You, you, you issue new axes and, uh, and, uh, so if you have, a thousand players and every week you issue 500 new axes you need to sell them so that you need to acquire five, uh, 500 new players that's fine uh, if then it, you have 10,000 players every week you issue 5,000 new axes and it's 5,000 players a little bit more difficult if you have 100,000 axes and you issue 50,000 mm-hmm. every week you have to acquire 50,000 new players how do you do that and when you have a million then it's half a million so I'm just exaggerating the rate uh, 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 at which they were issued but still, yeah. it's very difficult. So it is, it is from the financial engineer point of view, it's just a pyramid scheme. It's a, not even an elaborate one. It's, a, it's just a pyramid scheme. So it's not sustainable. And we saw it crash because at the end of the day, there's somebody that at the end is just holding the bag of all the axes and feels like an idiot. Um, so how do you make this sustainable? You have different, different, different uh, approaches to that economy. But the real, real problem is when do you cash out? It's the cashing out that will break any, any economy. So is the, is the, is the asset that I'm holding yep. worthy enough that I'm not going to sell? Maybe, maybe that's the re- maybe that's the solution. But if we're talking about people working out of, uh, in front of sweat, uh, uh, sweatshops, then no, it's not, it's not valuable enough. They will sell because they need to eat. So, uh, uh you have to find balance and yeah. also you need no, to have, ab- uh, absolutely. you need to find in your game economy, uh, uh, the way it will work. So, so it's very difficult. If you have, um, a good, uh, uh, to me, a good game is either a good mechanic or a good story or a good economy. Eve, great economy, great mechanic. Uh, uh, if you have the combination of the three, you have a great MMORPG, great story, great mechanics, great economy. So then you can thrive in it. I've played 
fortunately thousands of hours on MMORPGs, um, uh, lo lost a bit of money, but gained a lot of experience. Uh, so that's why I was very happy to leave the financial world to go into gaming. Um, but the balance of the three is what will make a game sustainable. Was Axie fun? No. Was Axie beautiful? No. Was Axie an interesting economy? Yes. But but with with its its, yeah. its its flaws, so it's really a balance of of that. So uh, and if you look at all the Web three uh, games that were released, they were trying to uh, surf that wave without a real interesting economy, without a real uh, use case to the NFTs they were they were they were creating. So uh, uh, people got bored, and when the market crashed, they just sell 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 yeah. and, and and goodbye everybody. <clears throat> so. Uh, um, yeah. We have in Web2 gaming great economies. Eve is just a perfect example. I love that game. Uh, um, you have others that are also great. Uh, um, when uh, when uh, Blizzard introduced the the, the, uh, the auction house in World of Warcraft, changed the game. Super cool. Uh, uh, that's internal economy. How do you cash out? Again, difficult because also because the, those worlds are not open, uh, not open source, or it's not an open world uh, 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 between games and, and gamers so they have to keep it uh, uh, they have to keep it tight because they don't want they don't want to see the money leaving the, the ecosystem so that's where it becomes a little bit difficult um, if yeah. you have a circular economy perfect uh, but you need people to be rewarded to play and people are interested in buying what they produce etc you have you have to have a proper economy for it to be sustainable it's super hard to to, to manufacture. And, 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 and now we're getting into, like, so I love this conversation because I think this is the number one challenge that a lot of game developers are going to be facing over the next decade plus, which is, number one, is my game fun? <laughs> like, like, let's start there. It yes. has to be fun. Yes. It has to be engaging. Someone has to play. But now they actually need to understand, like, real, real economics. They need to understand, you know, hey... The, 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 there's a lot of fun games that are going to be coming out. And I, I you know, while it's a, kind of a new concept, you know, things like Meta Engine and a variety of these other engines and, you know, Unity and, and Unreal has a lot of things there where, you know, people will be able just to build games quickly. And right now we're seeing the emergence of AI being able to write bedtime stories, novels, and, and really simplistic things. Um, yes. But but that, that, that dream of the holodeck where you just say, I want to play a shooter game and it just goes da -da 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 -da, and make something novel for you out of scratch isn't that far-fetched anymore when we think about the tools and that's the biggest thing, the tools that are available to make that fun game. Now we got to have economic experts that understand, you know, how to make sure that people stay in there and feel connected and, and provide value. I, I couldn't agree more. So <clears throat> I'm going to go a little bit into what we do at Meta Engine because it's super relevant here. Uh, my yeah, goal, my, my, my goal, a very, uh, uh, Egoist goal is uh, to have more games to play. I love playing games. I love the variety of games. I love innovation in games, mechanics, economy, anything. I love that. I will play anything. Looks good, looks bad, and don't care. Uh, what I want is more games. I am not interested in the next Assassin's Creed. I don't care. Uh, in, for the next yeah. five years, they have nine, nine Assassin's Creed lined up. Lined up. Who cares? It's just, it's, it's iteration wow. on something that worked. It's not innovation. What I'm interested in is innovation. So uh, um, my, my, um, my goal and our goal at Meta Engine is to enable innovation. How do you do that? How do you do that? You do that by enabling creating games faster. Is this done through AI? 
we've not seen we've not seen yet everything that AI can do. I don't think it is what AI will en enable because you need innovation. Is AI able to innovate? No, it's able to reuse and recycle old ideas, maybe reassemble them. That's super cool. That can create infinite content. Would it be innovative? No, it's just recycling. So that's great. But what I'm what, what we are doing at Meta Engine is trying to bring people together and help them and host them and give them the tools to help them innovate and iterate faster. So that's that comes chapter one is an asset store that will be interoperable between all engines. So all the assets that will be there will be sitting on, on, on a database that will be compatible with any engine. Then we have uh, what we call Meta XP, which is let's make friends. Let's see who can help me make that game. I'm a game developer or I'm a content creator. I have an idea. Who can help me? Then let's, let's team up. Maybe, maybe create a DAO so we can govern who owns what, um, and protect our IP. Uh, we have, we have uh, blockchain tools to protect IP. Uh, then when you've done that, okay, let's make the game. <clears throat> our, our game engine, uh, uh, is a, a little bit special because it's the only massively multiplayer game engine in the world that has the network capacity to host uh, uh, massive multiplayer games with tens of thousands of, uh, um, of uh, simultaneous users in one server. I'm not talking about sharding and, and, and several instances of 100 people. Um, you've probably seen demos from Improbable. Okay. We, we, the Improbable is another engine. Yep. It's, it's used to be owned by Amazon. Now they're working on the other side, uh, uh, Metaverse. I'm not going to diss here, but I know what we know what, what they are doing. It's not real massive multiplayer game um, because it's not an engine that can be that can be yeah. licensed so we have that uh, unique uh, value proposition the other one is is massive multi, multi developer collaboration so uh, the first license we sold was to electronic arts they had 700 game developers simultaneously on the same scene that's impossible on any other engine what we mm -hmm. are doing today is making it possible for any engine in the world so we are extracting our USP and enabling it and, and enabling that USP for other engines. And if we do that, then that's an, that, that database that holds all those assets make these assets interoperable between all games, all engines. That's what we're trying to do to, to enable creativity and innovation because I want to see more fucking games. I'm sorry for the, for the cursing. Today, if you start game, making a game, you have no, 2% no, chances. Sorry, you have two, so you have 2% uh, chances of finishing it, finishing your game, making it real and not successful, just making the final build. Uh, and then success is another, is another story. So uh, uh, what we're trying to do is shorten the, de the development time and just focus on innovation. Innovate, iterate, innovate, iterate, innovate, iterate. So you have the, the innovation at work. That's exactly what we want to do because then... If you have uh, uh, interesting games that are innovative, you will have players and you will have that adoption. Uh, so <clears throat> will AI help in that? Probably yes, a little bit, not with the innovation. And then when you want to plug in that, in that economy, uh, then you, AI cannot do that. <clears throat> but if, if you have economies across yeah. games, what is the cash out option? Stay in the ecosystem or get out of that ecosystem? If you're just in one game, and you have to cash out yeah. to go to another one. You break economy one, and you make economy two better. If you if you are in a circle, if everybody is sharing the same ecosystem, you're not breaking it. 
And, and I love that. I constantly use the word ecosystem uh, around mm -hmm. Web3 because I, I, I talk about Web3 being the modular internet, the, the mm -hmm. ability that, that, you know, hey, I bought these skins, I bought these weapons, I bought these, you know, these assets, and they yeah. should be able to be transferred to everything that I'm playing with and, and have so much more in-depth, uh, much more of an in-depth experience that goes mm -hmm. outside of maybe what the original developer, the original concept was because the game can and should evolve. I mean, something like EVE yes. or the MMORPGs you know, the reason why they're so engaged for so many people is because they have a life of their own, is that mm -hmm. the, the original team that developed it may not be the people that are working on it currently. And so it continually moves around um, yeah. in so many ways just to provide that value, that value um, to, to the next generation that's coming in and playing the same game. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I'm, uh, yeah. I mean, my, Eve my, is my, what, 2003? Yeah, something like that. My favorite game was Anarchy Online. Uh, futuristic MMORPGs, loved it from Funcom. Okay, spent hours on it uh, as well. But um, if you look at if you look at um, let, me, let me take a very uh, uh, present day example. You want to buy a skin on Fortnite, ten dollars. I don't know, but let's say ten dollars for a skin. Um, if it was on blockchain and you would be you would own it properly, own it. It's your property, so then it's on your wallet. If the game dies, if tomorrow Epic pulls the plug on Fortnite, what do you have? A skin that you cannot use anywhere. So what is the value? Oh, yes, I have it. So, you know, <clears throat> it's like, like some, something, an antique that you can show off it. Look, I have an antique. Nobody cares. You don't care. It's, it's, it's dead to you. What if you could use it somewhere else? Then it, ha then it holds value. So our goal is to make it possible for the interoperability. So then those metaverses are not metaverses. It's just a part of the metaverse, uh, of, of uh, this cloud, this universe of, 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 of uh, uh, opportunities, experiences, games, etc. If you don't have the interoperability, that does not work. It's impossible to make it work. So uh, um, that's really what we, want, what we are focusing on. It's making this possible for everybody. <clears throat> So, so walk us through for for Meta Engine and, and your other you know ancillary products. You know what what that looks like for a game developer today. Let's let's pretend that they've they've got the core game you know kind of visualized or, or thought of. They've they've probably built it in Blender or you know a variety of, of sources. Um, you know what does it look like to port and bring it to market um, utilizing Meta? And so. Uh, uh, currently, MetaEngine is, uh, uh, is is under development on most of it, most of its products. The first one is an, an asset store. So, as a game developer, trying to find an artist is hard. You have more game developers than you have artists. It's easy now with AI. It's easy to fake being a developer. You can have you can write a script just asking a uh, ChatGPT to write it. Faking art is not is not that easy. You can still see what AI, the fake AI images, and they are still 2D. It's not, it's not even 3D. Yeah. So uh, our goal is to make some some form of matchmaking. So you have these assets, you have the game developers uh, uh, work together. So for the game, for the asset creators, we have a, a model that will protect and and give them control over the their intellectual property that they are selling to these game developers. For the game developers, it's the amount of assets that are available and that are interoperable between between different engines. So the next step is uh, uh, you have that idea, you have access to these assets. Okay, how the fuck do I make that game? I'm alone in my garage. I don't have two years to spend on this. 
okay, let's find let's find people. So you connect, and that's Meta XP. I will find my game developer. I will find my producer. I will find my level designer. I will find uh, uh, all the all the team members that I need. I team up, and then I split the ownership of that, and I organize it through with blockchain through a DAO or, or, or just just a, a, a ownership of IP uh, IP NFT that we have that we have created that is currently on testnet on Polygon. Uh, um, uh, so then you can start working. You can start working. And now a network engine that will come out next year uh, will give you the ability to have massively multiplayer game that is interoperable between Unity and Real, any other engine, in- including obviously our own, uh, but wow. uh, but it's, it's not mandatory. So uh, basically you have the idea, then you get the assets, then you get the team around it, and then you make it. So uh, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a community. It's a community so, of game so- developers and creators. Yeah, and, and I love that because that's exactly what you know Web three's promises is that we're you know interconnecting you know the globe. You know anyone in the world can be able to bring their talents, their skills, their thoughts, their ideas together and and create value. And that's the yeah. biggest difference. Is right now if you have a let's just say a Facebook group that goes, you know what, we we want to make an indie game. Um, they can raise a bunch of money, they can hire a team to do a whole bunch of things, but it's chaos. You know, it's hard to you know no no one's going to renegotiate twenty different contracts every other day because yeah. somebody dropped out, someone went in. So so the 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 tokenomics that you can do with a DAO. Um, and I think DAOs are still really a young technology, so I'm excited mm-hmm. to see kind of, you know, how you guys evolve with this. Because when we're talking about, you know, smart contracts, I, I think that smart contracts will be the replacement of legal contracts, um, you know, over, over the next few decades, where it's just like, this is what we agreed to, and we don't have to talk about it anymore because it's just going to, you know, execute and operate. And so the thought that there could be AAA games, that that are truly benefiting, you know, tens of thousands of people around the world um, from in a positive manner based on work that they did years ago. I, I think that's a really amazing concept and, and really helps to bring a lot of the, you know, much more of the inclusiveness uh, to, to second and third world countries around the world um, where they do have ideas. They just don't have access. You know, they can't come work for, you know, electronic arts in, in California. They're not going to, they're not going to get there. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you look at what's being done, like they say Kickstarter was so great for indie gaming. But if the if the game is not delivered, what do you get? Your uh, early access code that's not going to be used ever. Uh, maybe a bit of swag that got delivered or not, and you're stuck. You have a, kind of an ownership over that, or, or they owe you something. So it's not ownership; it's they they're they're in debt. But if they tank, they tank, and you're you're, you're done. So uh, the, the idea behind um, uh, our technology, so technology is called MetaShield, so it's to protect uh, uh, and control intellectual mm-hmm. property, uh, is to be able to split that ownership and control that ownership. Uh, so if you are the creator, then you can give away part of that ownership. It's done through a smart contract. Um, uh, I forgot the I forgot the the okay. ERC uh, um, uh, 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 protocol. But anyway, anyway, it's it's a, it's a basically converting a contract that you would have between you and I. We can have a contract instead of writing it and having it like stamped by a lawyer. It's time stamped on the blockchain. It's more immutable than a paper. So, so, uh, um, that's what, that's what we're trying to do. So then you can organize either through that ownership or then you want to split that ownership through a DAO. And the DAO is the owner of that IP, uh, and control that IP. 
so then it can instruct that that smart contract to do this or that with that IP, distribute distribute uh, uh, revenues or not, uh, split it again because you need more more people or you have an investors joining, so you can give them a portion of that. So uh, it's governance that is great um, because you can have that much inspiration and, and innovation. At some point, you will need money. And if you need money, you need to open the doors to investors uh, and you need to be transparent to the investor and they need to be able to recoup some of the investments. So if the, if the game is tanking, okay, fine, then you have all these assets, all that production has already been, already been done. Can you reuse it somewhere else? Yes, because I own it. That's not a problem. It's not going to be, it's not going to end up in the trash in a, a hard drive. You know, that's a really, it, 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 innovative concept is, you know, hey, and, and it happens all the time. You know, people put in, they get that 90% of the work in, they're, they're right there to finish. They can't, you know, the developer falls through, something happens, assets are ready, concept is ready, everything's there. And there, and there goes, you know, crap, we, we hitched our, our, our horse to the wrong carriage here. Um, and so now all of a sudden the, the idea that they can say, hey, you know, look, here, here's you know, uh, 300 characters that we've we've designed, we built, and everywhere else. We can put those up for sale to be you know used or sold independently or used in a different mm-hmm. engine uh, or a different um, different metaverse. Um, mm-hmm. It's a fab, fascinating concept and really helps with kind of that the, the concept of um, you know everyone wants to be green, everyone wants to be ecological friendly, and, and you know mm-hmm. the the reality is um, you know there's so much waste that happens in every industry, mm-hmm. film, yeah. music you know, games, you know, just constantly wasted effort that yes. even if you could recoup anything, at least it's, you know, that's not that drain of, I get nothing for this. Mm-hmm. So let me give you three examples that illustrate that. Do you remember Half-Life, the game from Valve? Yeah. <clears throat> um, Half-Life yeah. was a great innovative game, incredible game at the time. Then they enabled mods on Half-Life. What came out of that? Counter-Strike. Counter-Strike is a mod of Half-Life. So most of the work was done. They just reuse the models, they reuse the physics. Counter-Strike, still the number one eSport game in the world. I still play it after 20 yep. plus years. Um, what is the difference? Yeah. So, so that's recycling to the best, to the best of its level. So what is the difference today, let's say, to, to, to popular games? Let's say, what's the difference between Counter-Strike and uh, uh, PUBG, player known Battleground? The difference between those two, so they are modern era. The guns are fairly similar. In one game, you have good guys versus bad guys, and the other one is a battle royale. So it's not the mechanics that are different. It's the rules of the game, just the rules of the game. So in in, in terms of code, if you are going to redo Counter-Strike and just add the rules, let's make it battle royale, they just did it. How much work is that? Not that much. So... Why should we go through tens of millions of dollars of investment to remake everything and get PUBG? Well, we already had something that was good enough. We just, just needed that little additional work to make, to change the rules. So if you can have access to that IP and add your own uh, idea to it and recycle it and innovate with it, then you, you've saved 90, 95% of the work and then you can innovate. If this works, okay, let's make it a standalone idea, a standalone project, and invest $10 million in it to make it look cool and very different. Okay, fine. But the innovation is already validated. It worked. Cool. So that's the innovation. That's what you can do. Yeah, I love that. 
And, and, and that's exactly when we get back to that modular internet, why it's so exciting. And I think that, you know, let's, let's, let's all learn something a little bit from Zuckerberg's, you know, $11 billion um, mistakes here. And, you know, I, I, I absolutely believe that, that he went out with, with the best intentions and we thank him for all the, the money and innovation he put into the space. Uh, he's done a lot of damage, but, but that's okay. Um, you know, we'll, we'll all recover from it. But the, the concept he had was, you know, he went out and said, okay, ready player one, we're going to build this. And, and it's going to be owned by one person, one company is going to, you know, yeah. you, you have to use our tools, you're going to live in our world, and, and you're going to use our devices. And, and, and he's going to be the good guy, don't worry, you know, but everyone's going to come live in our world. And the reality is, is I, I think that Ready Player One is an amazing concept, but it, it showcases the flaws of, of having a singular system. And so I really like, you know, the way that Meta Engine and, and really a lot of others out there like you are, are thinking about the space, which is interoperability, that you can, you can say, hey, look, we all come into an immersive space, whether it's through a, a tablet, a, a computer, or or a VR headset. You know, we've got them all. Here's here's the the, the you know ten billion dollar error right there. The thing sucks. <laughs> um, you know, whatever you want to do, and and you can explore the space and and go into worlds that you know are maybe niche. Um, you know, there may only be a hundred people in in this one because it's a small community, or maybe there's you know a hundred million people in another one that's insanely popular. But it but your skins, your assets, your your things flow fluidly from one to the next. Absolutely. So thank you, Zuckerberg, for ruining our prefix, Meta. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for ruining the world metaverse. Good job. Uh, but that's not a problem. Yes. <laughs> Ready Play we, One. We use immersive now. Yeah, <laughs> let's use that. So Ready Player One is indeed a great concept, but it became a dystopia in the movie until it is saved by one guy. But he's the owner now. What happens in Ready Player Play One Two? Is he a bad guy? Is he a good guy? Is he ruining ruining everything? So yeah. uh, building building a game like that, everybody wants to build a game like that. It takes years, decades to build something that big, that immersive, that with that much content. So it cannot be made by one company. Doesn't matter how much money they put in it, they cannot. Even even eleven billion that. Uh, uh, a, 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 a Call of Duty cost half a billion to make. And it's not huge game. Yeah. It's cool game, but it's not huge in terms of content, etc. It's just make it look cool and still half a billion. Um, yeah. so, so what do you get? 22 uh, Call of Duties. That's not Ready Play, Ready Play, Ready Play 1. That's not. So um, uh, no. who will build that? A multitude of small teams that will have one idea, another one, another one, another one. That's the cool idea behind behind Ready Player Me having an avatar that would be that could be a cross platform, cross yeah. games, etc. The, the, the real core idea behind that metaverse is interoperability. If you don't have interoperability, and the, then the, the those uh, um, experiences are not compatible with each other, then you just have games on your on your Steam account, and you just quit and then go to the other one it's not you have a, a friend calling you uh on, on on discord can you help me kill that dragon while you are playing an fps okay hold on open the portal jump there still have the same skin but change weapons i use my sword i kill the dragon and then go back to my fps that's metaverse and then i go watch and I, then i go watch the price blockchain week yeah. uh in a, in a conference room with my vr headset that's metaverse having separate different small worlds that don't talk to each other, that's multiverse. Yeah, not metaverse. That's the difference between the two prefixes. It's multitude of worlds. Cool. But they are not talking to each other. 
So the, the Ready Player One is a multitude of experiences, dancing, FPS, uh, role-playing, etc. That's that combination of all of that. It's a, it, it should not come from one. It cannot come from one because one cannot have all those good ideas. The innovation comes from the masses and from iterating and trying. And a big company cannot try too much. So they tried one way at, at Meta. They failed. Okay. Uh, but thanks for trying, at least. Uh, thanks for the innovation and thanks for trying. Yeah, we, we, we appreciate knowing what not to do. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's cool. Now, that's cool. Now, now we know exactly how not to do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so <laughs> the, and, and I'm not a big fan of digital twins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of digital twins. I, I, I don't like the concept of we're just going to take the existing world and just recreate it one to one. I think there's some value to that, but I, I don't think that that's where we're really going to see the big innovation. It, it's something that's needed. You want to go to our town, you know, you want to take Google Earth and, and make it something you can walk around and play games in. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the concepts that I really you know focus in heavily on is is exactly that concept of it needs to feel like our real world. It can't feel like such a disconnect. That you ha- that that you when you take off that headset, you're like, where where you know what in the world was that, um, mm-hmm. or you know, or or just be bored. Um, but you know, if you if you go out for the night, you're going to get dressed, you're going to have all your your items on you, and mm-hmm. you're going to bounce around. If you're you know, I just got back from Las Vegas, you're going to bounce around to a dozen different experiences within an hour mm-hmm. period of time. You don't have to go restart each game when you walk into a different casino. They go, okay, what's your name? Who are you? Go ahead and register for an account. You mm-hmm. you, you walk through and you have you know a, a driver's license or some ID that's just like yep you're already ready to go here's your pass here's who you are and and yes. and you know great you we mm-hmm. you own your account you own mm-hmm. your identity and that's the biggest difference is right now for all these games they own your identity and so when you go into a new game they say you're we don't know who you are we're going to make you start from scratch and you have to start from scratch if you want to play mm-hmm. by our rules and i think that's the biggest concept that these game developers right now are going to have to get through yes absolutely so to make to make any game you have to have an infrastructure. So depending on the engine you use, you have to rebuild it. Account management system, database, etc. You need to build that. Uh, what we're going to provide is a common infrastructure so you don't have to redo the work over and over again. Our USP 15 years ago uh, uh, on Hero Engine was the same. You have a network, network piece. You want to use it for MMORPGs. Don't waste your time in reinventing the wheel. We have it. Here it is. $29.99 per month. Go do it. Um, uh, the, the, for, for, to connect and to be interoperable between those different casinos or theaters that you go to when you're in Vegas, it's going to be the same for metaverses. I don't want to go back on my, uh, on my phone and validate whatever again and again and again and again and type in my, my password and click on my wallet and then click again, validate a transaction, etc. No, I don't want that. I want seamless. Uh, feel. I want to be able to jump from one to the other, to the other, to the other. So if you do not, if you do not have uh, um, collaboration, at least between game developers and between those those experiences, but I'm not talking about a, a, a unique common uh, infrastructure or common way of doing things. We need collaboration between all of them. You cannot build big alone. Our motto at Meta Engine is build bigger together. So, so Anton, one of the things that, that's so interesting is like. You know the concept of this true digital identity and digital ownership, mm-hmm. and you know you and I started this conversation, and just by happen chance, we we both you know I brought up Eve, and you're like I like Eve, I know Eve, but but those accounts of ours, like where 
the the corporations that we were in, the ships that we flew, all those things, those are hidden off in a in a web two storage server that we don't have access to. And the concept that I could put, you know, these things where it just goes, hey, you you've now matched with with uh, Antoine on LinkedIn or Twitter or anything else. By the way, both of you guys. This is what what you you know. These are the games that you like to play. These are the experiences that you've had. These are the cities you traveled. That's insanely in, in, valuable for people, and and I'm excited to see you know kind of how Meta Engine brings that that concepts together into that that continuity across platforms. Yeah, and maybe if we match on LinkedIn, they they can tell you that I I, I wiped you on NoSec in NoSec. Uh, and, 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 and pillage your, your ship. Um, what, what is, what is the, uh, um, what is the most important thing is that for the adoption of such concepts of ownership, it has to be seamless. You don't want to, as a user, you don't want to log in again and again and again and again and again. The authentication that you use with Google, for example, with your Gmail is super convenient. You don't want to be Typing in different password, uh, re-uploading your ID, uh, credit card, etc. You don't want that. So uh, uh, having a, a, a backend that it, that that can be shared across different games allows a an authentication through unique uh, uh, um, through unique uh, account management systems that can be interoperable, uh, that can work together if we share the same principles on how to authenticate. So uh, um, now the, 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 uh, uh, the zero-knowledge protocols are great, are great for that specifically. Uh, the, the usual example of uh, uh, you want to get in a, a club. So in the U.S., I know you have to show your, idea, your ID, but you should, uh, what you should show is that you're indeed 21. You can have a drink. You don't need my name. You don't need my address. You don't need to see my passport. If I'm French, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm from Belgium, whatever. Just need to know that I'm old enough. I look old. That, that, that would work, but I still need to show my ID. Uh, so uh, you don't want that. You don't want to carry it everywhere. So that's something mm-hmm. that we are, we are really looking into how to make it simple and, and, and user friendly across. So, uh, 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 that is a preoccupation that we should have as an industry. That's a preoccupation the gamer and the user of metaverses should not. Um, so uh, uh, selling this as a USP, gamers don't care. They don't care about that feature. They care about the user-friendly, okay, but it's not It's not mandatory. They, they will jump from one game to the other. They used to do it. So to bring massive adoption, we should not sell the technology. We should we should sell the uh, the uh, uh, what it brings to them, what possibilities it brings to them. So if I tell you that you, all your uh, uh, Eve Online ships, you can use them in another game, would you do, would you join? Yes, you would. Uh, um, if I tell you that all your skins yeah. in Fortnite can be used in other games, yes, you would. So if it just brings that to the gamers, then they will join. The 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 the, the adoption. You, you cannot force it. You cannot force adoption of a complex technology. Do you care, really, how uh, Riverside.fm is working, the technology behind it? Maybe the logic, yeah, it's cool, but do you care? Does it matter to you? No. You use it because it's convenient, it's great. Uh, uh, same for uh, uh, when you play a game. you care on what engine it's been made? No. It looks good, cool, it's probably unreal. Uh, um, if, it looks, uh, if it looks a bit, a bit uh, pixelized, yeah, it's probably something der- 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 derivative from, of Minecraft. Um, so uh, you sh- you, 
players don't care. Users don't care about the technology. So why are we all the time talking about how this is great, how you should be happy about that? No, you should demonstrate that these use cases, that interoperability brings you more value to the hours that you spent on one game and on the others, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So talking constantly about the technology, that new layer one, layer two, you know, this, that, the, the users, they don't care. That those, million, those billions of players, they do not care. Uh, um, they do not care about that. They care about what does it bring to me? Is it a good game? No? Yeah. Bye. Uh, do, as, a, as, a, as a European, do I care about making 50 additional dollars a week playing Axie Infinity? Hell no, I don't. I will pay $50 for the new whatever on Steam and play it for one hour because I'm an idiot and I have a collection along like that. Um, so it does not bring anything to me. What brings me joy is the innovation. Can I reuse it somewhere else? Super cool. I will do. Uh, so that's the, that's the uh, uh, bringing people together, building together, building bigger, that ecosystem together is what we're all about and what that's what we should be thinking about yes we're multi-chain yes we are this yes we are that should i talk about it no it, nobody cares uh, what the what the technology is behind it and how do we uh, how do we manage to have ten thousand players in one server while no other engine can do it nobody cares do you it, it you only care when it's in your game and you can connect with all your friends without lag, and and you can go kill dragons. That's the only thing you care about. So so uh, that's where the adoption will come. It's seamless, so no wallet immediate I, like complexity, and, and then the utility that it brings to you. That the more fun or the more interactions or the more interoperability, that's what will bring the adoption. I love that. I, just so anyone uh, who's interested, whether they're game developers or just people, investors, or anyone that's interested, what's the best place to find you and, and you know learn more about Meta Engine? You can you can find us on Twitter or you can reach out directly to, to us, contact at metaengine.gg or me directly, Antoine, A-N-T-O-I-N-E at metaengine.gg. I answer everything, so don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, if you're a game developer, if you're a content creator, if you're just a gamer, just want to have fun, go visit metaengine.gg. And uh, yeah, have a look what we what you can do what we can do together. I love it, Antoine. We're gonna we're gonna have a lot of fun. I'm gonna go ahead and undock in G to four four, and uh, and then we'll yeah. travel over to Nullsec, and we'll see we'll see uh, we'll see who survives. Oh, I, yeah. I still have a, a, a fleet of ships that are that are that are stored all around uh, Null and in wormholes and everywhere else that I could possibly oh, ever right. uh, pull out. Um, but I really, like I said, to me, I still look at that game as, as if if Web three can can even just recreate that type of universe with an economy with there is no gameplay there's no such thing as as a storyline it's just it's a wide open <laughs> world of which anyone can be anything that they want to do and and yes. you know but then be able to bridge into other worlds and stuff I, I think that that's really where we need to focus on and a little less of the um you know quick cash grabs uh for buying mm -hmm. you know digital scarcity or or things that that, that actually aren't scarce yeah, yeah, that, that, that I agree. Uh, uh, it's, um, uh, you know, we will get there. Um, we will get there. AAA game companies, I'm not looking at Web3 for now because they are, they're considering it, but not really <clears throat> invested in it. We have room for innovation. If you look at big AAA companies, they are not innovating anymore. Not that much. Uh, uh, this week, Diablo 4. 4. 
um, uh, Assassin's Creed, whatever number, Call of Duty 2023. Uh, we have a new, we will have a new one at, at, at for Christmas time. So there's no real innovation. It's just iteration and, and, and milking a cow. <clears throat> we can innovate. We have room to innovate and, uh, uh, we can come together and iterate, try, fail. Uh, but it, try, let's try to make it faster, more efficient with less uh, uh, less waste, um, waste of time, waste of money, waste of uh, uh, cool digital assets that can be reused somewhere else. Um, yeah, let's be efficient and let's work together so we can innovate and 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 wreck their their faces and just build something that, that's cool. I love it. I love it. Why whales? Uh, this is Antoine with Med Engine and uh, the the obnoxious parrot Sky, who uh, hopefully entertained everyone during during this. Uh, Antoine can't thank you enough. We're hoping to see you on Fireside and Deep Dive soon. Why whales? Catch you next time. Why whales was founded in 2021 by Jay Steinbach, a passionate entrepreneur and business owner, with the purpose of bringing YPO and YNG members together in the cryptoverse. YWales is a collaborative and confidential community centered around cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology, an exclusive crypto hub of more than 600 members. To be notified when we release new content, please subscribe to our show in your preferred listening app. For more information, visit www.ywales.com. YWales is not affiliated with YPO, but at this time only allow for YPO, YPO Gold, and YNG members due to privacy and confidentiality. Support and production for today's episode was done by Truthwork Media. Nothing in the podcast constitutes professional and or financial advice, nor does any information on the podcast constitute a comprehensive or complete statement of the matters discussed or the law relating thereto.